Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome to Amplified. We are in Washington, D.C., and man, I got to even see Gregory Hammond today, and we got to talk about his Global Peace Jam event that just happened. I was so excited to hear it was a major success. 40,000 people came to his event, and this guy really has a huge vision about bringing the world together through music. So he is not only the newest co-author of the Keep Smiling book, ninth uh, printing, our ninth theme, he is actually going to be the one for the DMV2, which has been released just last week, and he has the Washington, D.C. Uh, Capital Edition coming out roughly in about a month, so we are excited to just give him a shout-out and uh, have him share his vision and how people can learn more about Global Jam for Peace. Welcome, Gregory. Hey, Ken. Thanks a lot for having me on today. Well, that was really exciting to stop at Chuck Levin and share the book with uh, Adam. And uh, I mean, what a name, Chuck Levins. They've probably given, uh, probably introduced music and the instruments to, I would say, just over half the musicians in the DMV area. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. They've been around for decades and they, they're number one top service. I am always delighted to be able to send somebody who's either getting a new instrument or is just a uh, looking to get something new I, I, know, I know that I can um, that I can send them up there and everybody Chuck Levin is going to take care of anybody that comes in there and treat them like family and give them a great you know price on everything and you mentioned that you send them like a, a student a week so that's about 50 or more students a year how many students do you actually work with um, I've worked with hundreds of students uh, or thousands of students here in the DMV in, in D.C. Um, I do online lessons, too, so the number just keeps going up. Uh, I usually I have about 70 students per week. That's, that's a busy schedule. That's well, pretty busy. I was, it is. I, I was glad that we could uh, go to Chuck Levin's today. I hadn't seen them for about 10 years and to meet Adam and to hear that they are doing such Big projects. I mean, to do stadiums with the, the the big TVs you see at stadiums, the big sound systems. I didn't know that they they were at that level, but it makes sense because they they have so much uh, music equipment they're pushing out throughout the world, and they got two huge companies. So that's that's awesome. Yeah, they're doing they're doing amazing stuff, and and they've been around such a long time. They're definitely the staple for Washington well, D.C. area musicians. Well, let's talk about your Global Jam event. How was it this past weekend? How many people came to the event? Um, so this, this past uh, Saturday, we had our second event, and we had over 40,000 people that came through just on our site in uh, Arlington, Virginia, down at the Clarendon Day Festival. We had two stages. Um, we had a ton of musicians, uh, and it was, it was uh, a quick changeover, you know, and it, from doing events, you know. Uh, you've got to be fast, you've got to be quick, and everybody was so professional and so understanding of, um, you know, last-minute adjustments that we made. We had, uh, we had uh, on the Central Park stage, we had Wandering Lies, we had Caroline Ferrante, and she brought in some other uh, female singer-songwriters who did a, cir- a song circle. Um, we had uh, Aaron Frisbee and Chris Matthews, and our friend Jacqueline Pye Francis, she was, uh, she was sick, so she couldn't make it, so we're sending out a get well to her. Um, on the main stage, where I was the MC. We had uh, 1519 for the first band. We had uh, Christian Linnae 
coming up out of Nashville. She did her solo act. We had Giants and Thieves. We had Crooked Angels, Pleasure Train, Flashback. We had the Haley Fahey Band, and they were fantastic. Craft, and then Fuzz Queen was our second to the last band, and our headliner was Harry J. Smith and the Bling. And Harry J. Smith, all these bands I just ran off are all local D.C. bands, um, excellent musicians, very dedicated to their craft, and um, it was, it was a, you know, amazing to have all of them within one whole festival in one day. And I closed out the, I closed out the event with Harry J. and uh, his band, and those, those guys are all young musicians, and they're um, Berkeley School Music student, students. They all formed their band in D.C., went to Berkeley together, and have expanded. They have uh, a lot of times they do like a ten or twelve piece band because they have so many uh, instruments in there, and they they're just incredible. And they learned our peace anthem in just uh, just a few minutes right there on the stage. I showed everybody, and it was uh, it was a real jam. Which is the idea of this global jam is that we're bringing musicians from around the entire globe on all different instruments, all playing the same song at the same time. The song is the peace anthem. Um, it's a very uplifting song about the power of music that is inside of all of us. It, you know, it's acknowledging the fact that music is inside of us and that everybody has access to that. And bringing that, our, our universal voice, the universal language, which is music, using that to raise the vibration of the entire planet and overcome all these differences. You see all kinds of stuff out there, people arguing and having you know, ridiculous arguments about different things. And the thing that we all come together on, that we all agree on, is that music is that thing that we like to do together. Well, it's obvious that with that lineup, you're uncompromising in making sure that there's a freshness to the quality, the talent that's on that stage. And I understand, uh, this is uh, from a lot of people that were at that event, that when you played your peace anthem, that you, you gave anyone the freedom, if they wanted to, to take a knee and just uh, show the respect to peace and actually bringing people together if they wanted to. So that was a great gesture. And, and I understand your uh, chapter in Keep Smiling is about how music brings smiles. It is, yeah. The, the chapter is, um, is about the power of the music and the, uh, how music affected me at a very young age and how that was a shifting point for me. I got into a lot of trouble as a, as a teenager. And uh, the thing that, that shifted me to change my mind and, and make better decisions was music because music kept making me smile not just on my face, but it was making me smile inside. And that's my chapter in, um, in Keep Smiling is, is about that, about the music and about smiling and those two things coming together. And, uh, and well, I really appreciate um, the opportunity. Well, we have to wrap and uh, go to our next guest, but I wanted to thank you for being a, a leader, standing up and bringing the Keep Smiling movement to D.C. and the DMV area. And I understand you have three events coming up next year, and you have another book. Can you just say what your book is and how people can follow you and find out more information about the events? Yep, thanks. I appreciate it. Um, the, so they can go for all the information on the books and upcoming events and everything. They, they can find out all of that information, everything I've talked about on globaljamforpeace.com. That's globaljamforpeace.com. And it has um, all the information for all of our social media. And I want to do one shout-out for Anders Thusen from Songwriters and Poets Artists Alliance because he helped us make that last event happen in a very short amount of time. And uh, so i got to give him a big shout-out. And the... Uh, um, 
at our upcoming events, stay tuned because I'm working on getting uh, my friend Victor Wooten and my friend Dweezil Zappa. Those two guys, are, they are, their mindset is the same as mine about the power of music. And so I'm gonna, my goal is to bring them together for our 2018 Global Jam for Peace, the one that takes place here in Washington, D.C. Well, bravo. Thank you very much for being on the show. We're certainly going to have you on the show closer to the next event date. And I know uh, I know, you, big successes are on the way for Global Peace, and we'll all be excited to support you. Anybody who's listening that knows a musician that wants to connect them to Gregory, please reach out to Amplified. We'll talk to you later, Greg. Thanks. All right, Ken. Thanks a lot. So our next guest is Norma T. Hollis. And she is an authenticity consultant who teaches individuals and organizations how to live with no regrets. She studied human nature for over 30 years and created an authentic voice system to help people find, live, and share their authentic voice. Her work raises self-awareness, self-acceptance, and self-management foundations for a no regrets life. She also helps organizations build dynamic teams and create engaging corporate cultures. Norma is the author of 10 Steps to Authenticity, and her upcoming book, Blueprint for Authentic Leaders, will be released in 2018. Norma has been selected as one of the 16 women to represent the United States of a five-week visit to China to visit her authentic voice system to university students through the World Academy for the Future of Women. Norma is committed to helping leaders make an authentic difference in the world. Norma... Welcome to the show. Well, Kim, thank you for having me. It's good to be there with your great energy. <laughs> you know, uh, the power of masterminds, we got to meet, and we certainly have been looking forward to meeting for some time because we're both in the same space with CO Space and other leadership-type conferences. So thanks to Mark Harris, uh, both of our guests on the show were introduced to Amplified, and I was so excited about meeting them and the caliber of their leadership, their vision, and, of course, their their determination to make a difference in the world. You guys are my perfect match for Amplify. You have authenticity, and Jim Lane coming up in the next half is about character. So two amazing two amazing things to learn to create success in your life. <clears throat> so well, they say like I, attracts like, so you're just attracting those that are just like you. <laughs> that's true. I, I agree with you, and that's why I, I even picked Gregory, because you could hear his authentic voice. His passion, I, yes, yes. And uh, did you want to react to that since you were able to hear him him talk about the Global Jam for Peace? Yeah, well, he just had so much passion in, in what he said. And he mentioned a word that made me think about where I'm at and my thoughts about authenticity right now. And that is uh, the whole kind of, well, he talked about the, the, the knee, the being going on your knee, which what's going on with the football players and, the, and their sports and and 45 and what have you. And so I've been talking a lot about disruptive authenticity. Because really, when you when you really are true to yourself, you're disrupting the status quo, and that's what's happening with this uh, with this knee situation going on now. So, yes, that's what I, my reaction. I love what he's doing. Music is the gener- is the initiator of number of changes in society. So it's great that what he's doing. Well, I certainly uh, agree with you that that was quite a, a gesture because it has gotten so much attention on social media. And quite frankly, if it wasn't for social media, I wouldn't know how big a topic or how controversial a topic it is. And I just yeah. put a simple post I put a simple post yesterday that probably kind of relates to all three or if, if not even all four of our guests because Jim has served in the military and I just said if a person is serving in the military and they decide they would like to protest and take a knee during the national anthem, would that be appropriate? And and it was it really got a flurry of comments. I think it were hundred and 147 comments on that topic. <laughs> 
Nice, 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 nice. Interesting. Well, it's disruptive authenticity. Authenticity is about really being yourself and which being honest and true with your feelings. And, you know, sometimes it goes against the grain. And who would have thought a year later after doing that one gesture of being authentic himself that it would have so much of a, an impact at a time when authenticity is such a, such a challenge to society in so many ways. Uh, did you want to take a minute and talk about how you feel about this particular uh, authentic move? Well, I just well, yeah, yeah. I think it's wonderful. I think if more if more of us would the change that we see in society, and you know, goodness knows, I think we're at a point that we realize collectively more than any time in a long time in the past that how much that we need something to 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 change because society is just not working the way it is now. But when you think about disruption, when society makes changes because someone took a stand. You think about Rosa Parks many years, decades ago when she took a stand and decided she was tired and she was she needed to sit down, and that, that mm-hmm. was her authentic feeling, authentically displaying her feeling and her her true uh, authenticity and her true intuition and how she felt. And look what it did decades later, still having an impact. So it's just amazing if more of us would be authentic to our true feelings, it would be phenomenal. You know, they say the number one regret of people who who are dying in their last days is that they didn't live life to their, uh, to their true self. They weren't being authentic to themselves. They know what a thing to regret as you, in your last days when you can't do anything about it. So to do something yeah, as, as something that's taken a knee, amazing, amazing what it can do. Yeah, and I think the controversy is all over the place because some people don't understand what he's taken a knee for. And uh, people like myself, for instance, it's more of the timing of when he's doing it. For instance, uh, in the military, since I was in the military and Jim was in the military, we didn't have that opportunity to be authentic. The military owns you for 24 hours a day, right. and <laughs> and you don't get to say on your off time, because there's no such thing as it, golly, I think I'll just make a stand or just be authentic right now. They would really discourage that. In fact, you probably would find that you're not in the career of being in the military any longer. So when I was uh, putting that post, I was actually designing it to say, when you're in uniform, do you have the right, or is it appropriate, or is there a consequence that should be placed when you're representing another entity and you choose that entity to impose your authenticity? And so mine wasn't an issue with the act or the message or the authentic aspect of it. Mine was more of the timing and the organization, uh, both organizations, the organization, the team, and the organization that he plays within uh, being impacted when it was about, it's, it's obviously a football franchise. And so I was just saying, if I was, uh, if I was in uniform, in, a, in an athletic uniform, I don't think I would believe that I would have a career if I decided to make an authentic gesture, no matter what it is, and have the freedom yeah. to be different during, during the national, national anthem. That was my only point. Well, that's interesting because I'm sure, I wonder to the degree that he thought about it last year when he did the original one, and surely it did not have a great impact on him, but the fact that so many have collectively, and I know for me particularly, one of the things I really like about it is that the the whole team of football, you know, I mean, you know, I'm a little older, so when I was in, in, in high school and what have you, in my early football days, I'm not a big football fan now, but, you know, footballs, football players are generally coined as, you know, dumb jocks and stuff, you know, and, and just, you know, brawn, but not brains. But they truly showed a great deal of compassion by the way that they stood out. And, and from my perspective, put a whole new perspective on our understanding who they are, which I thought was good. 
Well, we won't make this a, a your segment of authenticity all about this NFL uh, controversy, but it is an interesting thing to talk about. And I just want to I want to close out my comment. You can certainly say something after this, but it's it's my feeling that the NFL is going to pay the price regardless because you have the fans that are upset regardless of which decisions being made because of the controversy. You can't please everyone in this particular situation. So no. the NFL is probably is probably going to lose. Seats, fans, sponsors, dollars, whatever, and it, it, it will be hopefully for the good of bringing America together. Because I think most people that are in this controversy, at the heart of it, they just want America to be great, and they want America uh, yeah. to. And so that's the beautiful thing is that when something like this happens, like when when nine eleven happened, for instance, our country came together, and that's what I'm hoping comes out of this is that there, if if the since the message is about. Uh, police brutality and, and racism, if that corrects it, it was worth it. That's all that matters, you know, because that is the crime of it, is that if people are getting away with uh, using their job the wrong way and and uh, and causing so much problems in our world that ripple way beyond what they do, then we need to correct it. And this is a message that uh, allows us to reflect on that. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So we'll let's talk about yeah. your book. Let's talk about your 10 steps. You want to share any of those uh, steps to how do you get to an authentic life and an authentic self? Yeah, well, there are 10 steps that have to do with knowing oneself. This all started when I was 28 and realized that everything my parents had said and I was miserable. I had the husband, the cars, the job, the house, and, you know, all of that stuff. And I, I just was terrible because I didn't even know who I was. My parents raised me to their view of a traditional life, and I'm, not, I'm far from traditional. So that's when I started on a quest to understand myself and found out that I had three voices in me, an inner voice that, we, uh, that uh, speaks to me, a GPS system, we all have that, an outer voice, which is how I am perceived and how we are perceived by others, and an expressive voice, which is who we have become. And each one of those three voices have three dimensions within them. Really? So, so the, ten, the, ten steps from, the ten steps come from three of each of those dimensions, or of those voices, and then the final, which is kind of an alignment of them. So I'll tell you about each one individually. The first one is the inner voice, and the three parts of the inner voice that we all have is first our intuition, which is our sixth sense, the, the message that comes to us, like, like when we ask ourselves, what am I going to eat or what am I going to wear today? And we get an answer, and that gives us a clue how our inner voice speaks to us, how our intuitive voice speaks to us. Then we have our integrity, which is our value system, and we get an idea through our intuitive voice, and then we filter it through our integrity to see if it's aligned with who we are and what it is we want to do. And then if we're inspired to move on it, that's the third one, inspiration, then we act on it or not. So those are the three components of the inner voice, intuition, integrity, and inspiration. And those are the first yes. steps. You, you want to connect your intuition, you want to know your values, and you want to see what inspires you. And when people are getting to this, this level and they're doing these steps, what is actually shifting and happening in their life? What starts showing up? What starts showing up is better, is better decisions because what we all want, to end up with no regrets means you've made decisions. When you have regrets, it's because some decision you made sometime in the past didn't turn out the way you wanted to and you have a regret about the decision you made. And some may say other you did not make, but if you didn't make a decision, you still made a decision. So uh, when you know yourself better and you have a better alignment with what you're even here on the planet about, then you can make better decisions. It's just not wishy-washy, whatever, whatever comes. It's, it's a decision based on this is who I am, 
this is what works for me. This is where I'm vulnerable. These are my weaknesses. I don't want to put myself in, in danger of my weaknesses. You know, so I'm gonna, not going to do that, that decision. This is where I want to go. This will help me get there. This will not. So once you know yourself better, you make better decisions. That make sense? Of course, of course. And I wanted you first because this is such a beautiful lead-in to developing character. And I would, uh, I'm not venturing to guess. I'm, I'm sharing my experience with authenticity. I went through landmark education and several other things. But it, when you are actually striving to have an authentic self, you realize when you're out of alignment that you need to get back into alignment. And it creates more peace. It keeps your uh, relationships grounded. It uh, attracts more abundance because when people believe in you, they want to buy into you. They want to buy what you are selling, which may just be your your message. It may be an opportunity to work with you, et cetera. So I can't say enough amazing things about what you're teaching and how you make a difference for people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the change is disruptive, disruptive in your own life, but you have to sometimes go through disruption to get to the peace and where, where you're going with it. So the next voice is your outer voice, and the outer voice is how you are perceived by others. When you walk into a room and make a first impression, people make a judgment about who you are, then they have no idea what, the, what your inner voice is all about, which is really who you are in the, in the deeper side. So the outer voice has the three dimensions, and one is net wellness, because you want to make sure that you're following the healthy patterns that are appropriate for you. And that may sometimes, that generally means changing your diet as you get older because your body's needs change. Uh, the network, which is the people you are around, that's your quality and quantity relationships, the people who know you well and will be honest and authentic with you, and the people who are more your quantity because you need associates. Um, you have a lot of people that you know but you're not real close with, and you need both in your life. And the third in the outer voice is net wealth, which we always think of as money but really as abundance, the things in life that bring mm-hmm. you joy. A lot of people have money but they don't have the joy, so in whatever those things are. So when the inner voice and the outer voice are aligned and giving the same message, that's when your authenticity is heightened. Some people have one, but they don't have them aligned. Yeah. And I was going to say, if you have the outer one authentic or the inner one authentic, the stronger of the two will prevail. Is that a way of putting it? It will prevail. And a lot of people have very strong outer voices because they're, they're very conditioned by society and haven't stepped out of that conditioning. And don't even, some people don't even realize they have an inner voice or don't know how to access it or don't trust it. So when we talk about authenticity, it's going to the deeper levels of not only knowing that that voice is there, but also learning how to communicate with it so that you are, it's a partner for you, because it really is a partner. It's just a matter of knowing how to communicate with it, how to trust it, how to recognize it, how to respond to it. Can you share your personal experience of how you were before you actually uh, put these authentic voices into alignment? Well, I was very, very confused. I had no idea what to do with myself. And to be very honest, even as I began to understand them, most of the work that I did took me 30 years. I didn't start out saying, you know, I'm going to study authenticity. It just kind of is what happened. And it took a long time, you know, because the more I learned, the more there was to learn. And I'm a researcher by nature, and I love to learn. So I just kept going deeper and deeper and deeper, you know, down the path. So at some point, maybe I should have stopped and just take, taken a break, but I just kept going deeper. And so as I got deeper and deeper, I just got, I understood myself more. My level of peace 
rose tremendously. I've been through a number of tragedies, you know, over the last 10 years. It's just been ridiculous. But I just kind of, you know, waded through it, you know, with a level of peace and understanding that only comes from a level of authenticity, that knowing who I am and where I'm going and what my, what my overall purpose is. So it just makes a big difference. And I have no regrets because I, I made decisions every step of the way based on what was authentic for what I'm doing, what I'm going, and who I am. When you were at Mark Harris's event, the mastermind that we met at roughly three or four weeks ago, what was your impression of the level of authenticity there? Oh, I was I was rather impressed. You know, I've been to many, many, many events over the years. You know, I've been in the speaking industry, personal development industry for 21 years. And I, one of the words I use a lot, you know, and this is not to be offensive to anybody, is that there are a lot of jokers in the industry. They say one thing and do another. They, they tell you one thing on stage and you get off stage and you follow them and you find out they're not, they're not following any of the things that they talked about. And there are mm-hmm. unfortunately a number of people like that. And, um, and then they give you these other things about how when you do events, you just do so much and you don't really give people information that they can use. You just give them enough to, to, give, them, to give them to buy your stuff. But I didn't see any of that at Mark's event. I saw some real genuine concern, um, and, I, and most of all, well, and also, well, the three things. I saw genuine concern. I saw uh, valid information that I could take back and I could make, I could use. And then I was really impressed with how many times I heard there were God and spirit and the God of your understanding and just a reference to a higher power and, and the creative force. And you don't hear those things at conferences either. So I was, I felt very much at home there. I was very comfortable and, and, and learned a lot. And the reason I ask that is because Russ uh, Whitney had has written numerous books, I think over 20, and his main book he talked about the entire time was his latest book, I guess it came out four years ago. Inner Voice, and that was yeah. Inner Voice, right. And, uh, yeah. that, and that was quite a congruent message for what he had to do to adjust and what you're talking about today. Right, right, absolutely. Well, it's very alignment. I've, I've read Russ's book, and I really was, I appreciated it, uh, the work that he did with it. Uh, the inner voice is one of the three voices that, um, that I talk about, because each of the nine dimensions uh, could, you could go into detail with over a long period of time. And let me just mention the last three for those that, that are waiting for that, and, and that's the expressive voice. And those three dimensions are first legacy, and legacy is not what you leave to your heirs, but what was poured into you at the time of your birth your natural gifts and talents, you know, kind of where you're from your character. And a lot of these, I'm sure, your, uh, Jim will look at you know, or relate to character in many ways as well. And then the second one for uh, your expressive voice is likability, which is your personality. And the third one is lifestyle, which is your day-to-day habits. And those represent how you express yourself on the planet. So when I got all those done, in fact, when I first finished them, I made them into a grid and gave a name to each of the... These, these were all energies I felt in myself. And I named an animal by each of the energies as a way to really understand them because I understood animal energies more than I did my own energies. And then over time, it just morphed from that to the grid that I use now for my authenticity for the whole work. So it's just amazing well, how the work you do in your 20s, you know, is sometimes you're just building on that. Even it may not look like it, but you're building on it for your future. Well, I was not going to ask you for all of them because I was going to leave it kind of a cliffhanger that people had to go get your book. But there's so much great information in your book. And thank you very much for uh, providing me a book. I did enjoy it. And I can't uh, emphasize enough that when you get this book, uh, this is one of those books that will change your life. If you are ready to actually handle uh, authenticity, you will actually live a life that's very magical. So how how can people get the book, Norma? Uh, they can go to normaspeaks.com and go to the products page, and they can see that. And let me just mention that in the book, uh, the cliffhanger is really taking the assessment. 
Because in the book is the assessment, and the assessment is a question in each of those nine dimensions that will give you an indication of the degree to which you're living your life with authenticity. So I highly and, suggest that you get the book, yes. And I wanted to ask, uh, just as a little teaser about the next book, uh, what, what are you working on with the next book that's really going to take this to another level? Yeah, the next book is more detailed, and it's focusing on leadership. So it's what I have really created is a blueprint, a framework, a blueprint, a, a map, a system to help people become more authentic, help them know themselves more. So I apply it a lot to leadership and to leaders in corporate America and managers and those that are going up the leadership trail, or any kind of leader for that matter. So it's, the book is going to be Blueprint for Authentic Leaders. It's taking each of those nine dimensions and going in much, much more detail and applying it to self-knowledge and leading and also include some reflective questions and opportunities for people to go deep into themselves and evaluate where they are and how they could be better leaders. Because there's a whole conversation of authentic leadership that is really hot right now and what it means. Authentic leaders transform organizations from industrial age thinking to empowerment age thinking, which is where we're going. So it's a whole take on that and showing leaders how to make that transition. That's wonderful, Norma. And I will say that blueprint is such a powerful word because it's a, it's a word that actually says it, it's a pathway. It's a, it's a program and system that actually allows you to achieve the results that the book intends for you to get. So I can't wait to get my hands on that book. In fact, I am, I'm praying every day, Norma, that you're going to choose us as the publisher and the marketing company so we can spread the word about this amazing new book. And I hope also that... Uh, the authentic, authenticity equals more smiles is the next chapter we hear about in the Keep Smiling program. So, Norma, you are awesome. You have been amplified. I love you so much, and I'm so glad that you are a leader in authenticity. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate it. I appreciate the work you're doing, too. Talk to you soon. Thank you. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. 
Wow, what a first segment. I'm telling you what, we had so many calls that were saying this show was already so packed, so much information. This is like two shows for one. So we're so grateful to have a very powerful second segment, too. We have Dave Oz Ostersey uh, that's going to be on the air right now. He is on his way to Houston, and he has such a big heart. He sees the damage, the people's lives that are affected. And he has experience by helping so many with the uh, aftermath of Sandy that he is taking that experience and knowledge and he's bringing it to Houston. And I won't steal the thunder of what an amazing guy is and what he's up to. So, David, welcome to Amplify. Hey, thanks, buddy. How are you? So we met at CEO Space, and little did I know that uh, I would begin a call like the call I got about a week or two ago. Uh, actually, it was r- very shortly after the the uh, Houston hurricane, and you had quite a big team you were building, and I was so honored to be a part of it. And I will say, just on the air, what you're asking for, I want to support you. I want to get as many people behind this because the more people we have behind this, the more we can impact Houston and rebuild it quickly. So tell the audience... Uh, what inspired you to do this, and uh, what, how we can reach out to you, and how we can help you? Well, uh, we did um, 20 months of, uh, of mitigation work after Hurricane Sandy in New York, and we started an organization called Build a Thousand Homes. And um, I moved to, uh, to Utah uh, about 18 months ago. And obviously, you know, unless you're under a rock, you all know what happened with Hurricane Harvey and Irma and Jose and Maria. I mean... It's amazing how many people we have coming to this country as hurricanes right now. Um, and I just got led by spirit to do something. I, I could not just sit here in Utah working my job. I work in disaster recovery, and I have all the experience, boots-on-the-ground experience of the actual disaster areas and the physical training by the IICRC to really reach out to these people uh, and, and help them put their cities back together. That's amazing. So how can people follow you? I know you mentioned the, the title. So there's a page on Facebook, correct? Yeah, it's uh, Build a Thousand Homes, One Home at a Time. So that's Build One Zero 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 Homes, One Home at a Time. Uh, that's the Facebook page. And the URL is the same, uh, build1000homes.org uh, for anyone that wants to donate. Um, we are actually, I'm leaving this Friday night for Houston. I'm staying with the, the mayor's son of Rose City, Texas. 502, mostly seniors, 252 homes, leveled, completely leveled to the ground. I mean, I want everybody to picture their grandmother sitting on the lawn in her beach chair with, with, with absolutely nothing, completely losing their entire lives. And this is an entire, entire town of Rose City, Texas. So, We've decided to adopt the city of Rose City, Texas, and we're going to need ra- we're going to need to raise about twenty to thirty million dollars to build the entire town pretty much from scratch. Uh, gut every single home, rebuild every single home. We have jump people jumping on board every single day from builders in Texas that are donating their time. Uh, one guy uh, just uh, Kyle Stevenson just completely uh, gutted the entire city hall with four of his guys. And people are doing what they can, but eventually we have to hire these contractors to get paid. So we're trying to raise a massive amount of money, and we had to pick one battle. You know, Houston is being rebuilt, but there are so many cities outside of Houston that are that you'll never hear the names of. I never heard of Rose City, Texas before two weeks ago, and after speaking to the mayor, she just broke my heart, and I said, well, there's my battle. Well, Jim Lane, the next guest, who I'll be reading his bio momentarily, 
uh, was in the contractor world, a very successful man. So we will ask him after the show. I'll connect him if he wishes, and he might be a really good resource for you. I've recently hired a couple people, as I told you, so that we can actually build some time into my clock that I can help you with the social, get the word out more. Uh, your story and your spirit and your purpose are so beautiful, David. I really uh, love you for it. I want to help you, and we're going to continue the, the saga of actually rebuilding these homes in that beautiful city and help those people. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to just ask you one more time to have, repeat how people can follow you and get in touch with you. Okay. Um, well, first of all, you know, if if there's anybody within uh, several hundred miles of of Rose City, Texas, which is right on the border of of Louisiana, they desperately need volunteers because we have crews going down there in two or three weeks after I return and go back down to lead volunteers, but there's just not a lot of people living in that area, and all of them were affected. So, hey, Atlanta, Georgia, Dallas, Texas, Austin, get on a bus and head down to Rose City and meet us there so that we can lead you as volunteers to gutting these homes and preparing them to be rebuilt. Um, you can reach me, again, through build1000homes.org, so that's build1000homes.org for donations, and go to the Facebook page of the same name, Type in if you can help out in any way, whether it's physically, mentally, spiritually, or monetarily. We need a massive amount of help to rebuild the, the state of Texas and then move on to, to future um, storms that we're going to help with as well. All right. Well, thank you very much, David. I will uh, pass the word on. We'll get this out tomorrow on social media. And God bless you. Hey, Ken. Thanks. Have a great day, brother. Okay. So the next person we have is a an amazing gentleman. I feel bad about reading his bio because I read it earlier and it took me two hours and the show's only got 25 more minutes in it. So I will just uh, read highlights of his bio. Jim, after a divorce of his parents and no father in the home, Jim began following the crowd and led to failing, dropping out of high school and building a hot rod. He uh, literally lived on Skid Row and he, did, uh, he went to Vietnam in 1965. He joined the Marines and he loaded 500-pound bombs by himself, by the way, uh, 12 hours a day, seven days a week for a variety of loaded rockets and, nap- and napalm. He did two tours back-to-back, and in 1968, he became a helicopter door uh, gunner. And as I said, there's just so much amazing stuff about this man. I was fortunate enough to meet him at, again at the same mastermind. It really speaks volumes that when you step out of your comfort zone, you go to where the top 1%, 1% people are thinking, living, and really believing they can really make a difference in the world. You meet people like Jim Lane. I've had the pleasure of not only meeting him, but uh, breaking bread with him on at least three or four occasions. And he is just uh, an amazing leader. I'm so grateful to have him on the show. Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, uh, Ken. I apologize that I didn't read your entire bio. I really wanted to give you a chance to talk today. <laughs> uh, well, the, the Skid Row is uh, was is in relationship to the the skids that are on a helicopter, and one of the wise guys put a skid up over the hut. <laughs> That's very cool. So uh, I, we have so that. We ha- well, thank you. We have so many things to react to in this show, but we also have, of course, your the character qualities and the and the personality flaws I want to go into. So if we can do this kind of like marine high speed. I'd like to get as much information out to our audience, and you, you just have such a wealth of knowledge. I, I, let's just take a, a real quick, when Gregory was talking about the Global Jam for Peace, what did you think of that, uh, that part of the show? Did you have a reaction? That was the first thing? Yes, the, the, yes, the guy who does uh, the concerts. I, uh, 
I didn't make any notes on that, and now there's two other things, and that has well, left you- me. I, uh, I appreciate the fact that he's into music. Um, I'd like to say something about Norma and her authenticity. Yeah, let's uh, do that. I agree. Go ahead. Uh, I agree with Rosa Parks uh, doing the right thing. Uh, it's, it's a shame how blacks were treated. I remember as a young child riding a bus to downtown Miami with my mother, and she insisted that we sit in the back. Uh, I don't, I don't like the idea of them taking a knee in the football, in the NFL. Uh, Tim Tebow did things like that, and they ostracized him. And, uh, and now we've got, that's not the proper way to, um, to let your voice be heard. And what is the proper way, Jim? We're pledging allegiance to America. Uh, You know, we're standing for the national anthem. And so I just think there's there's a better way. And how would you propose? Because that's one of the things I really want to get to the bottom line. It's not necessarily that there's a problem with the way, what your beliefs are, what you want to do to change the world. It's how you do it. And so what, what would be, in your opinion, a more appropriate way that actually you feel respected and you feel like you can get behind it? Well, I don't have an answer for them. I, have, I want to live a better standard to a higher standard, and, uh, and that's my focus. I can't fight every battle that's out there. There are too many fronts to fight on. So I choose my battles, and, and I feel like that the character in America has taken a nosedive. Uh, more so in this generation than any time in the past. And so that's why I have started uh, Character You, and I want to work with uh, single moms who have a teenage son and uh, fresh veterans. I will help them in uh, building, uh, rehabbing houses, and make earning a living and train them in character qualities to make a life worth living. That's my, uh, my platform. That's what I think is the most important thing. Um, my, my generation has lost it, and I want to do what I can to repair. What do you mean Except your generation has lost it? Well, in my generation, you know, I went to Vietnam, and mm-hmm. that was a uh, that was a rough time. A lot of drugs. I spent two years in Vietnam, and I never took drugs, and I was prepared emotionally, uh, and came home um, to build. To become a general contractor, I formed a corporation while I was in Vietnam. Uh, actually, my mother formed it for me. And I came home as the president and began as a general contractor. And uh, there's, what is your vision? What do you want to accomplish? That was my vision when I came home. And uh, life changed for me. 
after I was home a couple of years, um, I, I learned about the Lord. He, tra- he changed my life as I became a Christian by faith and transformed my life. And now it, my life is about giving. Uh, I want to give to the young men. Have a cute experience just this morning. I went to pick up some vitamins at the drugstore, excuse me, the health food store, and a little six-year-old boy hiding behind the counter. And uh, I smiled at him and said, uh, what are you doing there? He said, I'm hiding. He had a big smile on his face. So I knew <laughs> he wasn't hiding for the wrong reason. He was hiding and playing a game. <laughs> yes. And uh, what do you think about uh, what we could do best as parents to teach character? I know my father, when I made the mistake of stealing a Reese's candy bar in Germany when I was on, I, I don't remember if it was Stuttgart or some Ford, but boy, did I get um, a lesson from that. And he said to me, there's the only one thing you have in your life, and that's your character. And you can never, you have to protect it at all costs because... If you lose that, you lost everything. Well, character is something that has to be ingrained into a person. Uh, We start out with a personality with lots of flaws in it. Our personality is all of our reactions to people and circumstances, and we need to transform them into character qualities. And so I've got a list of 49 character qualities. And I use those qualities uh, to train people and grow myself, train my kids. I homeschooled my kids and wanted to see them uh, with a higher integrity than what was around. So I spent a lot of time in equipping them. Uh, I've, I've got a book that's uh, it's written, but it, it's not published yet. It's Praise the, the Lord. Between Men and Boys. And that, that can be summed up in one word, responsibility. Mm-hmm. Well, what are the responsibilities to learn character? And so my book names the other ones. My care, uh, in my website, I want to be training people in these character qualities to grow them into maturity. So when does this book come out? Uh, all I can say is soon. <laughs> I, okay. It's, I'm waiting on a, uh, a graphic artist. It, it's, it's got a lot of graphics in it. It's... Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the holdup. Well, I'm going to uh, connect you that, to that overdue promise of a graphic artist, so we can help support you getting this book done because it's a really important book. Is this a book that a, a parent should pick up if, for raising their child? Hey, absolutely. That would and be very important. Uh, I'm, I'm, my marketing is really going to focus more on the single moms with a teenage son. Uh, Without a father, 
or a male mentor, boys don't turn into men. That's a Mm -hmm. crying shame that, uh, you know, when we moved as a people from the farm to the city, then the character loss got lost. Boys on the farm get up early in the morning, go to work with dad out on the farm, come in, eat a big breakfast, and go to school. Come home, and you're back out on the farm with dad, and they learn how to work. They learn a work ethic. Uh, then they do their homework and go to bed. Today, in the city, there's, there's usually not a father around. That's the biggest percentage. And then those who do have a father, well, you got absentee fathers and, and fathers that are just not doing their job. And so the kids run with the kids. Peer pressure. Want to be like the other kids, and the other kids are doing the wrong things. And that's, that's what's caught my attention and got me active. Uh, I had a business that used to support all my uh, activities. Uh, in 95, I got invited to speak at a college, and then in 96... I got invited to speak at a high school, and and since then I've been every year in schools and colleges speaking on character. But I, I don't know how much of an influence I had. I wasn't selling anything, uh, and so now I've I've gone full time. The, the city wanted to buy out my property where my business was. I said, yes, now I can go and do full-time what I really want to do. So that's where my heart is. So you have 49 uh, character aspects, is that what you said? Character qualities. Character qualities. Um, I'm glad you picked a nice even number and not 50 because 50 would be you know, <laughs> too easy. <laughs> uh, Norma had a, a very interesting part of her book, she had an assessment test. Are you having a character test or a character assessment? Uh, There's not a test, but there is a blueprint to follow. Okay. So so we're in kind of the wrap-up mode. Jim, we're in kind of the wrap-up mode of the show. I wanted to go ahead and just uh, take some of the golden nuggets from your book that's coming out and share it with our audience. So what are several things that really can be checking points and improvement points that you could suggest for really building character? Really building character. Get with a, a, a mentor. Somebody mm-hmm. who is a man. Somebody who uh, people look up to. And follow him. Learn from him. Everything that I have accomplished in my life to any degree of success was because my father trained me or I had a mentor. Mentor is vitally important. And this is uh, boys' sons finding a male Men mentor, not necessarily girls. 
girls most of the time have a mom they can follow. Okay. Now, I gave my speech one time on these character qualities, and, uh, and there was a bank manager in there who was a woman, and she said, you know, Mr. Lane, every one of those things you mentioned were just as important for a girl to become a woman. And I said, well, mm-hmm. yes, I can agree with that, but I wrote the thing after being at this uh, all-boys tech school, and they continue to use it. But the, uh, the, the outline here is, is the timing of manhood, when your parents promote you, when you have uh, exceeded the wisdom of your teachers, when you learn to recognize and heed warning signals, when you have been transformed from a taker to a giver, when you consistently rise early, plan the day, and take control of the circumstances. The responsibility of manhood is striving towards excellence, is continuing to study and learn all you can, is investing in the lives of children to create a legacy to outlast yourself, is structuring your life around that which cannot be destroyed or taken away, is discerning purpose in life, and developing character to stay on course. And the character of manhood, he is serious-minded and chooses mature friends. He is guided by universal, non-optional principles of life. He is committed to a noble plan for his life and submits to authorities. He is an example of enthusiasm, expressing joy, and giving his best effort. He is determined to accomplish right goals at the right time, regardless of the opposition. The boy often thinks he is a man. A man realizes how childish he is. A boy tries to be right in everything. A man knows he is vulnerable and imperfect. A boy seeks excitement. A man is excited with a moment of peace. A boy uses his tongue to express himself. A man uses his tongue to dry out the thoughts of others also. A boy is content only when he is fulfilled. A man is fulfilled just to be content. A boy has big dreams with ambitious plans. A man keeps his big dreams but sets them in patient plans. A boy cries when he is hurt. A man cries when there is great loss. A boy and, is eager to be known. A man is eager to know. And Jim? A boy finds happiness in what he is doing. And a Jim? man finds joy in who he is being. I are wanted to give... time here? Yes, we are. I wanted to give you an opportunity to, to share how people can reach out to you and, and follow you and connect with you. Go to my website, character you. That's just the letter U, characteru.com. Okay, and there are so many other questions I had for you, so we may be asking some of those questions on the podcast uh, social media page, and I'm excited to be helping you with your social media message because it's an important one. I, I agree that both the authenticity segment and your segment, when they're in line, uh, cause more abundance, more peace, more positive impact, and a world that's more harmonious. So, Jim, I want to thank you for being on the show. You're a very amazing person. You've been successful in so many things, and I look forward to our friendship blossoming. Thank you very much for being on the show. 
Thank you, Ken. All right. So next week, we look forward to changing the schedule and going to the influential chan- uh, Influence channel. It'll be Mondays at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, and we will be working with some amazing influencers. So stay tuned, and we look forward to joining you next week at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. Eastern on Monday. Have a great night. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go get your message heard.